0: Welcome to FMAO, for mature audiences only. With your hosts, Jay Caslow and Tommy Danger. Euthanasia,
1: a.k.a. death with dignity. So, this is one of those subjects that, as you get older, you kind of think a little bit more about realistically. And not necessarily that Tommy and I are going to die anytime soon, but like our parents... And, uh, you know, loved ones and all this stuff. So, but I mentioned last week that I had been becoming a fan of Matt Walsh recently. And this is the thing. This is the thing why I think our show is kind of special because we're not just like conservative talking heads, you know, and we're certainly not a left wing rag. So we kind of just go at each issue honestly, genuinely, and we're sharing our thoughts. And there there's some times where a conservative, and especially like a conservative Christian, will say some shit. And I'm just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, we're we're not on the same page anymore, you know? And I, I, I saw this segment last week uh, that Matt Walsh did on euthanasia. And it's one of those things that really just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I immediately felt like, I want to do some kind of response to this. Like, knowing Matt Walsh, the kind of guy he is, I'm guessing if if this, our rebuttal of sorts, actually gets in front of him, I think he would probably view it and kind of try to mock us for our views or our lack of religion or atheism or whatever. Um, or block us, as he jokes about doing. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I would one way or another... Be,
0: I would love to be blocked by matt walsh that
1: (laughs) so is that our is that one of our new goals now is to be blocked by matt walsh
0: that'll be an honor
1: i mean honestly if he did like that would just be a shame because i actually like and respect the guy i think he's really funny and i think he's really smart like i am a fan but there's the things i specifically want to say as a rebuttal to his take on euthanasia but also i want to show that like you can respect somebody and like their show, like their ideas, all this stuff, and still not agree on everything, and right. that it's okay. Yep. So this is an example of that. So let's get into it. So,
2: all right. So this is quite a morbid and sad story about um, what the LA Times calls, and what all pro-euthanasia people call euphemistically "death with dignity." And I saw this circulating yesterday online. This is uh, the, the headline is "One Last Trip: Gabriella Walsh's Decision to Die." and celebrate life on her own terms. And uh, it continues with the story. It says, Gabriella Walsh knew she wanted to die on a Saturday. She'd settled on July 16th, dressing that morning in a flower crown and a t-shirt with a picture of a dragonfly, an image that had comforted her in recent weeks. She took a deep inhale from a bottle of lavender oil and listened to a playlist of sea sounds. Earlier in the morning, friends and family nuzzled up against her in bed. Rest easy, they told her, and keep wandering. I just feel like I'm going on a trip, she said calmly. Within two hours, she would drink a fatal dose of medications prescribed under California's Death with Dignity law, which allows some terminally ill patients to request drugs to end their lives. The option had given her profound comfort in her final weeks, as had knowing that, in the end, she'd have uh, Jack Bar-Segyan, the registered nurse who managed her hospice care, and Jill Shock, a death doula, at either side of her bed. A death doula. My God! Now, we should be uh, very wary about this idea that dignified death is suicide. We shouldn't just be wary of it. We should reject it. Uh, we should passionately reject this idea that the, the the most dignified way to die is through suicide. And of course, the implication here is because she's this was a woman who's terminally ill with cancer. And she chose death with dignity, which was suicide. Implication is that if she had not committed suicide and, and allowed the cancer to kill her, then that is, that's an undignified death.
1: Okay. So specifically on that point, I want to say when he's like, he, okay, here's the problem with Matt. And conservatives and liberals at the same time,
3: mm-hmm.
1: people get so hung up on words Mm-hmm. Specific word choices and labels, really,
3: mm-hmm.
1: that they lose sight of the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And and this is a classic example where Matt just obsesses over these words. He mm-hmm. he gets upset with calling it medicine because mm-hmm. really it's poison. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this term death doula or whatever mm-hmm. that is, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Ooh, that sounds like an evil demonic term. I mm-hmm. I don't I don't like the sound of that term. Oh, if it was just written as like the, a nurse."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Then it's like okay, then it's not an issue because you use a different word,
0: or special medical yeah. specialist, or suicide specialist, or like yeah, yeah. just the just and, go ahead,
1: right? And and like death with dignity, and it annoyed me there because he he was saying death with dignity as if by doing it this way there's dignity, but if she just allowed the cancer to kill her, that that somehow is less dignity. He was sort of in, inferring that. Mm -hmm. That that was the thought behind it. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that's all him. That's all in his mind, his interpretation of the situation. Mm -hmm. Nobody's even saying that. Nobody's claiming that if somebody dies of cancer on their own, that that is death without dignity. Mm -hmm. Nobody's making that claim. (laughs) You know, this is a classic straw man here he's doing. He's Man, like saying, good. oh, these people are having trying to do death with dignity yeah. as if dying of cancer unnatural is death without dignity. Nobody said that.
0: Yeah, that, that logical fallacy, if A is true, then the opposite of B is false. No, that's not the case.
1: Right, you know? right. So I kind of wanted to just like, it's the terminology, like, and I, and I made a note just in general with this segment. The problem with both hardcore conservatives and liberals is that they insist that their way is the correct way. And it leaves nothing open to subjectivity with issues that are highly complex and personal. Okay? So, I mean th- that's kind of where I'm like, okay. Yeah, my my immediate
0: case. my immediate reaction is somewhere close to closer to yours than my, Matt Walsh's where first of all, like I am As you and I, you know, our shorthand is freedomism, you know, allow people to make their own choices. Yes. People can say that, oh, that's actually libertarianism. Okay, sure. What if we're not, once again, we're not, we're Nazis here. We're not, we're, we will call it whatever. You call it green, call it blue. Mm -hmm. It's still just a pretty color to us. We just um, like
1: using the term "freedomism" because it means something to us. Yeah, and, and other people the don't even know that term
0: without the political party connotation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, dude, if someone wants to let go of their life, you know they're just put into a corner, and they just want to make their own choices, their own timeline. Yeah, just let them have it. Why do you have to be right. such a just a David Downer on it? Yeah. You're a party pooper you know just let them have it you know like they're literally at the end of their lives one way or another so if they get to make their own choice it's i guess it's a little bit more dignified you know so let them have it it reminds me of that book tuesdays with maury and he had a have you read that book no it's it's a pretty good book the the most uh, the one of the heartfelt moment was um he had a farewell party he didn't have like a like uh you know medical doctor assisted suicide or anything he just knew that he just wanted to have one last birthday party one last party before he he knew that his time was up and in the book the the guy passing away maury who's kind of a life teacher life coach to the author who wrote the book um it's kind of gross but it is kind of a sentiment where um the old man knew that his time was coming when he couldn't wipe his own ass that's the quote from the book when it's when when i mm-hmm. can't wipe my own ass i know it's yeah. time to go and yeah. sure enough he, he he passed away soon after that but good for him he he had a party and he went on his own terms that is kind of dignified given
2: to you by a doctor is dignified And even if you can't grasp, like, the moral argument against an individual committing suicide as a means of escaping suffering, if you can't grasp the the moral argument, then you should at least be able to understand the other great objection to euthanasia, which is that it further subverts and perverts the medical profession. Um, And because doctors should not be in the position of killing people. And I know that we kind of take it for granted these days that doctors kill and harm people because that's what so many doctors do. And there are billion-dollar industries erected around this with abortion, with the the gender industry, killing, harming, mutilating, drugging, poisoning. Like doctors do that quite a bit these days. But, but they shouldn't. That's not what medicine is. That's why traditionally the Hippocratic Oath is do no harm.
1: So... A couple things here. One is again, he's getting hung up on the terminology, mm-hmm. medicine. Second of all, he's conflating all these other problems that I don't necessarily disagree with him on. Like, doctors should not be re- reassigning little kids' gender because the four-year-old said, "Oh, I think I'm a girl now," or "I'm a boy."
0: I mean, I don't want to like unnecessarily share spoilers. But there is a scene from What Is a Woman? His documentary, where he has an interview with a medical professional, and it's just brilliant. Um, it's just brilliant because he corners her, and he's. It's all very obvious that she she is very uncomfortable being cornered, that she's not, you know, following through on the Hippocratic oath, yeah. do no harm, and. But I think to your point, and just double downing with you, siding with you, is that it gets to a gray area where a person is terminally ill. If you want to do less harm, if you want to do the humane thing, Mm -hmm. then you will help them and their life and their suffering.
1: And their suffering, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So even that is open to interpretation. What you're doing for the health of the patient, you're helping them with their mental health, their well-being. Like, what good is it going to do for somebody to, like the guy who can't wipe his own ass, like you just mentioned, like the mm-hmm. guy, or, the, or the, the terminally ill liver cancer patient? You know, it's like they know they're going to die the next week or two. Like they know they're going to suffer all the whole way down that road. Yeah. I just can't get over this idea. It's a very,
0: yeah, it's a very binary stance that's kind of uh, sad to, I mean, just quite honestly, it's a little dis- disappointing to hear from him.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that, this is back when I was ingesting a lot of Matt Walsh the last couple of weeks. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's funny, smart. And then he comes out with this.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm like, I couldn't disagree more.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and this is the problem where it, it always creeps back up. It's the conservative Christian thing. It's the people getting on their moral yeah. high horse and looking down at everybody else who doesn't believe, doesn't interpret things in the world exactly how they do. And this is a problem with the leftists and the conservative right as well.
0: Because you know? the the subtext is it's very vaguely implied. Vaguely, it's not it's there there's just a uh, it's like so many onion layers behind but it does feel very christian in the sense that god god gave you a gift of life so you should live it all the way until god calls you back because mm-hmm. it's like it's wha- god also how,
1: gave you the gift of cancer Yay. how
0: dare you get to choose when you end your life you know you should wait until the very end you know, until God calls you to heaven. That that kind of seems, it's very layered, but kind of it's the subtext. Yeah. It's that the, that's the motor running yeah. behind.
1: For sure. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what bugs me because I know that's what he's getting at, you know. And, and I, I think there was a part of me early on that kind of was in line with him a little bit because I could see where he's going with this. Where he's going mm-hmm. with it is, This is a slippery slope. And all of a sudden, if this is okay, then what about the 14-year-old who's depressed Mm -hmm. and they just want to go into the hospital and say, I'm depressed, I don't want to live anymore. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden doctors are just suiciding. Anybody who walks in, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which I'm not even saying we won't ever get there. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Like, I wouldn't put that in the realm of impossibility. Mm -hmm. The way our society's going, I could see Mm -hmm. that. And I think that's kind of what... What Matt Walsh is afraid of, Mm -hmm. and he thinks this is the slippery slope that will lead us there.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. That's that tiny little nugget of like, okay, okay, I see where you're going with this. Mm -hmm. But when you put it in the context of the overall thing, though, I'm like, come on, man. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a middle ground between that, a 15-year-old who's depressed, wanting to kill themselves, and we're like, okay, come on in. We're going to give you this medicine that'll kill you. Yeah, That's one extreme Versus somebody's going to die and suffer somebody's
0: obviously older it's in their 70s, 80s, 90s yeah, yeah
1: so maybe it's just a matter of like the legislation or the rules yeah. like you can only do it if it's like you have a, you've been diagnosed with a terminal disease, that kind of thing. You know, there's a middle ground, let's talk about it, but he's not even dealing with it in this yeah. video that way. He's just like dismissing it outright mm-hmm. as being immoral and arrogant yeah. and prideful. Yeah. The, the Christian undertones are just like
0: it's there uh, and it's, only, like it's great it. because only we can see that because we've been there we've been yes, there and exactly. to, to like even swing the axe even further around um, his literally quote unquote subver- per- subverting and perverting the medical profession like he's like you know people in healthcare only exist to cure people You're not supposed to harm people. You're not supposed to help people and their lives. No, life itself is a very gray thing, and you explained that beautifully the other time. Like, when does a person's life begin? When a person's life end is very gray. Um, a person who's a vegetable, who's in comatose for months and months, maybe even years, is that person so then the the doctor and the people in charge have to be have to open up this very uncomfortable situation conversation with the family with the immediate kin like we're gonna pull the plug on this we probably should and family will probably say yes that's the best thing you know um so yeah and the whole yeah it's like that that undertone really does get me now that i think about it
1: yeah that's why you can kind of see why I really wanted to talk about this subject. Cause I'm just like, it might feel a little bit like a throwaway segment that he did. And I might just sweep it under the rug and be like, whatever. But I'm like, no, I really wanted to make a point of this because, mm-hmm. um, but let's play, play the, play the rest, play it, play it out. Yep. And then I'll give my final thoughts
2: and you can too. poison. Just the simple, the simple concept of calling poison medicine. Well, No, medicine treats. Medicine is supposed to treat and heal. You have something wrong with you and you take medicine to treat it, to heal it. Uh, So poison, if medicine is poison, what is the disease that it's treating? Life? I guess so. Euthanasia tells us that life itself is a disease. And it can be treated with the uh, medicine of of a poison that kills somebody.
1: Yeah, like, dude, that, that's so ridiculous for him to interpret it that way.
2: It is, it is very, very
0: uh, obtuse, pedantic logic. Like, yeah. Because er- everything has to be A, mm-hmm. e- is B, so equals C. It's just, like, very hard logic. Uh, cr- but respect to him for being unfiltered. He seems very unfiltered. And he seems very just going things at it raw. And so, so I do admire that about him, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I'm with you on this. It's just too, too rigid to a point of like, ah, yeah, it's, you don't get points from us on that one. Yeah. You're losing points from us on that one.
1: Yeah. And yeah, you said it, like the rigidity that we mentioned in the last segment Mm -hmm. is a problem with people just being so rigid. And Mm -hmm. As logical as he is and Ben Shapiro is and you and I are logical, like, mm-hmm. yes, respect to Matt for mm-hmm. having the balls to express an opinion that might be unpopular. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, we give him credit for that because mm-hmm. we're doing the same thing on this show. Mm-hmm. We're expressing ourselves bluntly, honestly, and we're putting it out there. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So props to that. But we're just going at the merits of his logic and his, mm-hmm. his arguments here. And we're, mm-hmm. we're it's not it's not sitting well. Because I, mm-hmm. I, I feel like this is a little bit of a a failure on his part,
0: mm-hmm. you know. Like I, will I- be. Let me let me interject really here with a real life situation. I I've been to the ER twice in my life. Once or oh, three times. Once was because I was a little kid and I was playing around with the shopping cart at the grocery store and I just injured myself. I was being silly. I was being a little kid. Another one was because I had COVID. But the third one, the situation was interesting because I was admitted to the ER because I was drunk off my ass. I was so inebriated. Um, it, it, I wasn't even driving anything. I didn't get into a DUI or car accident. Thank God I didn't. But I literally, I think I blacked out, but I just couldn't this make it. This is in New York, right? This is in New York, obviously. Uh, th- I couldn't make it from my Uber To my apartment building door so i think either the uber driver or maybe the people in the neighborhood at the time got an ambulance i still don't know what happened got an ambulance and got my ass into the ambulance literally the 10 15 feet from the curb to my building door i couldn't make it because i was so drunk off my ass so the people at the hospital shout out to them uh, they cured me of my what? My tomfoolery. They cured me of my my disease is being a social alcoholic. Was I cured? <laughs> Hallelujah! i have been cured. They cured me of my stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> That's their logic. That's Matt Walsh's logic. Why was I well, admitted he's to the taking hospital? taking
1: it to an extreme. Yeah. yeah. Instead, oh, of, th- instead of instead of real realistically, was just, like they're just I was
0: just drunk, and they just gave me yeah. fluids. And they made sure yeah. I didn't have any broken bones. Right. but the disease was alcohol
1: they didn't cure your
0: disease right <laughs> they cure my <systems. laughs> yeah 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 so so you know. they didn't follow through on the yeah. oath, then
1: yeah but like this thing was like the person dying I'm like he's, act- he's acting like that's not the definition of medicine medicine is supposed to cure not kill them and I'm like dude there is no known cure for that person's terminal disease right now yeah. so it's it's over There is no cure. Medicine.
0: Yeah.
1: He may as well start arguing like, well, we shouldn't give them anything to ease the pain because it won't cure them. He's so narrow and obtuse with that definition of medicine, saying it has to cure them. What about easing the pain? But you see, that's
0: the beauty of the Hippocratic Oath. He he even says that himself, which completely whiffs on, is the Hippocratic Oath is not to cure, it's not to heal, it's to do no harm. Do no harm. Because the, even the people, the, the people in medicine are obviously know this. You can't cure everything. Right. You can't make everyone feel better. But the very right. least you can do is just be humane and do no harm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't make it worse.
1: Yeah. And, and on the, I'll, I'll wrap up with this because like uh, mm-hmm. on the subject of humane, the whole time I was listening to this, and maybe this is why it was really personal for me, well, one, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about my death scenario that I've already thought about when I die in the future. Right. I'll talk about that. But first, I want to talk about like our dog. So both of our dogs, we had a German Shepherd, mm-hmm. and we had a black lab. Mm-hmm. So our German Shepherd died in 2016. We had to put her down. Mm-hmm. And it happened very quickly. So we weren't ready for it emotionally and psychologically, but we had to do it because she was internally bleeding, mm-hmm. suffering. So we... We either let her suffer or we, mm-hmm. you know, just put her down. Mm-hmm. Luckily, the four of us, my sister, my dad, and my mom and I, we were all together with her. So that was a, a good thing, at least. And then for our second dog, our black lab, she died this past November, at the end of November, 2021. And we kind of knew, like, she was heading downhill. She wasn't doing well. So it wasn't sudden, but we were kind of like... Was she? She was like 16. Uh, Yeah,
0: getting 15.
1: Yeah. So she was old. She was losing her sight and not senses. And just, she was really just waking up to sleep, to eat, and then she would just sleep all day. So she was, you know, not really there anymore. Mm -hmm. So, and my parents were about to move, and it was just kind of like, okay, we kind of agreed as a family, like, okay, this is the time. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: So we, the vet came over, and he was really good about it. Wow. And again, it's just like it's one of the toughest, saddest days of my life because I really loved our dog. Like I, I, I posted on Facebook about it. Like she was the love of my life in a way. You know, it's like she uh, you know, I, I said about it. I did a podcast episode about her. I did a video edit about her. I'm like, she'll never know how much happiness and joy she brought to my life. But anyway, I, the point is, I loved my dog, both of our dogs. But this whole time, as he's talking about this, talking death with dignity, and you know, it's not medicine, and I'm like, I would love to see him follow this up with, like, well, what, what would he say about euthanasia for pets? Because I'm like, it was humane, it was done in love. She was, she died peacefully, surrounded by the people we raised her and we spent our lives with her. We took care of her to the end. We spoiled her. We gave her a great life and we, from life till death, we were there together in love. Tell me how, and again, whether it's a person or a dog, tell me how what we did is somehow worse than if my sister was off at her job and I was up in Philly and, and Brownie fell asleep. Uh, she wandered because she was wandering around. She lost her, she wandered out of the house Oh my God! and got, got no, I'm saying if. If she wandered out of the house and died, passed out, passed out, fell over in the backyard, or she got hit by a car, tell me how any of those scenarios is better than what we did. Like being together, she died peacefully under in a controlled environment. I, I don't think Matt Walsh or anybody could convince me otherwise other than that. I feel like we did the best thing for Sharpie for all parties involved, you know? So so there's that mm-hmm. example. And then I want to talk about like my own death. I've already thought about this. I've thought about this in the future. Like my death, how I would like to go out mm-hmm. is, you know, let's say I'm 80 years old. My mom and dad aren't going to be there anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I'm super close with my mom. And at that point in my life, I mean, I don't know. A lot could happen, um, you know, in the next 30, 40 years. But if my life is going under the trajectory that it is, I probably won't be married and I'm not going to do the vasectomy like you, but I probably won't have kids. You know, and it might just be like, OK, I'm 80 years old. It's my time. Uh, either I have a terminal disease or I'm just winding down. I'd just be like, hey, Tommy. Hey, JR. Hey, Brian. It's time for me to go out. And I would invite my closest friends over and what, you know, whatever, anybody I would want to see at the end. And we would, you know, I would just lie down in bed and have final conversations, eat my favorite foods and, and just enjoy my last moments on this earth with people that I care about. And I've I've thought this all out. Like that's as good as it's going to get for me at the end. I'm like, and uh, to have the death doula or whatever nasty term he wants to put on it or whatever. I'm like, yeah just die peacefully with the people you love, you know, to, like there's this arrogance that he's suggesting that people have that by taking your death into your control somehow, that this is somehow sacrilegious, mm-hmm. you know, that this is somehow... The pride of man, and this is a devilish thing. This is, I, you know, you and I both know that's where he's going with this.
0: There's no dignity. There's no dignity in like getting super old. Like once you're past eighty, yeah, there's no dignity. There's very little dignity
1: if you can't do shit. Yeah, literally, if you can't do shit. Yeah, and you can't wipe your shit and whatever. It's like, what's the
0: point? I see my dragging it on further. I was very close to my grandmother on my dad's side, and she practically raised me and uh the last time i saw her uh she didn't she she was so happy to see me cuz i was coming from my freshman year college break winter break i haven't seen her in like 4 or 5 months and um in that in that short span she she lost her she she was losing her memory so she recognized me she started crying but she couldn't say my name she forgot my name i was her favorite bar none, her favorite. I was mm-hmm. the youngest, the baby of her baby. My dad's the youngest in, the, in his family. Mm. And uh, yeah, she couldn't, she was like, I was like, Harmony, money, grandma, grandma, what's my name? What's my name? Because I was like, weirded out. I was like, I don't know, but I know you. I was crying. I was just losing it. She was losing yeah. it. And uh, I wasn't surprised. Six months later, she left. And my mom was like,
1: that was the last time you saw her, right? That
0: was the last time I saw her. My mom's like, it was kind of a miracle. I, we were all because my mom had to take care of you know her, you know, the step, the, the the daughter-in-law taking care of the mother-in-law. It's kind of very traditional Korean duty, but it was still a burden nevertheless. But my my mom was like kind of relieved because like, yeah, she didn't really, like think thinking now at the time, like a few weeks later, talking to me. Uh, she didn't really suffer that much. She didn't really, you know, really have it that bad. I mean, she had maybe just a really bad couple of years, but that's like past mid '90s. She was like 97 when she passed. Wow. But uh, but it is kind of stark. Um, going in lines with what you're saying is seeing my grandmother waking up, and she just like off the cuff be like, "Why am I still alive?" she's like wake up like why am i still waking up you know
1: well
3: you
0: <laughs> were body, thinking that my body that might have gone through yeah, her mind the context was yeah the context was her body and mind is falling apart she's kind of surprised she's still waking sure enough she passed away peacefully in her sleep
1: yeah yeah i i guess i'll just kind of close with like yeah it it's funny because he thinks we're all being arrogant and prideful by wanting to control death and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. And and you and I are sitting here talking like, I think he's the one being arrogant and prideful by dictating the terms yeah. of other people's life and death. Yeah. You know, to me, that's incredibly arrogant. Absolutely. What business is it of his? Yeah. And this is the problem with like, Religious conservative Christians, you're probably not going to hear us on this podcast going off about conservative Christians much because the left is just so batshit crazy. That's usually where our attention is directed toward. Yeah. But in moments like this, I'm just like, this is the problem. They get on this moral high horse and they think that they're acting as like the voice of God. That's seriously problematic, man.
0: I'm with you. Well, there you have it. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you follow us on Spotify or your preferred podcast platform. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star review.
1: And if you happen to use social media, come find us. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and all those sorts of places at
0: FMAO Show. And remember, don't be immature.
1: Be the adult in the room. Subscribe for more.